Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to a live Sunday night of Max and Friends. Whether you're tuning in for the first time or for the almost 15 years that I'm here, welcome to Max and Friends. Tonight, we're doing Sunday suppers. I have some great guests here tonight. Jennifer English and Margaret McSweeney will be joining me in just a moment. But first, yes, there was some breaking news. Uh, For those of you who saw last uh, week when I was on Good Day in New York with Rosanna Scotto, uh, there was some breaking news. So we were figuring out a way where we can incorporate those that missed the show to hear what the breaking news is all about. So we're going to play the clip here. And then when we're back from the clip, Jennifer will join me. Margaret will join me. We will have our beautiful Sunday supper. We're all are welcome to the table. So follow me right now on Instagram and Twitter at Max Tucci. Be part of our Sunday supper. You can DM me. You can ask us questions. What are you bringing to your Sunday suppers? What are you bringing into your home? What are you bringing to your table? So for tonight, I'm going to bring in the intentions. You know, I wrote in the Demonica way about setting the table, and we have to set intentions while setting the table. So tonight, I'm setting a beautiful table. And on this table, there's going to be a huge dozen, dozen, dozen bouquet of beautiful lilies that were a gift for my friend Ashley Longshore. She came up to the farm, but I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Right now, we're going to play... The breaking news from Good Day New York when I appeared with Rosanna Scotto. So stay tuned to Max and Friends. And when we're back, we're going to set that table with some wonderful intentions. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Max Tucci for Max and Friends. Sam, hit the clip. Check out Delmonico's. It is considered to be the first fine dining restaurant in the country. It has a rich history, grand style. It was actually featured in my special Living It Up with Roseanne. I went there to the restaurant. So from 1827 to the 1980s, Delmonico's led New York's restaurant scene, visited by royalty, celebrities, socialites, presidents of the United States, business tycoons, you name it. Now, one of the grandsons, uh, one of the former owners, Max Tucci, he has recreated that era in a new book. It's called The Delmonico Way, Sublime, Entertaining, Legendary Recipes from the Restaurant That Made New York. Max Tucci, nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see you, Rosanna. Thank you. Before we get into Delmonico, yes. are you related to Stanley Tucci, the I actor? I always like to say he wishes. <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> We're from Florence. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. He's not from Florence. He's from the South. Um, anyway, Delmonico, beautiful, yeah. beautiful restaurant. Closed right now after yeah. COVID kind of hit it. Exactly. Well, you know, Delmonico's, let's go back into 1827, America's first fine dining restaurant. The Delmonico brothers, what they did was created basically a pastry shop by 1830, a restaurant, and then it thrived all the way until Prohibition, 1923. Why did it close? Because alcohol was also used in the food. So now the, it was a French fine dining. It was never a steak restaurant. So now we can't use the ports, the sherries, the wines, and now the food is compromised. So 1926, my grandfather, a Tuscan immigrant, opens Delmonico, buys it. The building was slated to be knocked down. Wow. Saves it, buys the name, the brand, everything with it, including all the memorabilia and archives. So that meant that now... This was going to be my journey, wow. right? My grandfather, he really, he had the most beautiful speakeasy in the basement of Delmonico's. And then by 1950s, that's when Gypsy Rose Lee, when everyone, Lena Horne and, and Marilyn Monroe, and we're going to talk about oh, it. Oh, this all is amazing. There. I have to say, the book is gorgeous. It's called The Delmonico Way. It has great pictures, great history, great stories, and great recipes. So let's start with this one. Yeah, well, you know, the whole set here, these were some of the original pots and pans from the restaurant. Oh. Obviously, the book, which, by the way, the designer was Jackie Kennedy Onassis's assistant when he first came here. And Rizzoli, you know, our pal Clive Davis likes to say, it's yes. a best-selling book. Tell everyone for $45 is the best <laughs> book. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. 1920s, there was that grapefruit diet. Right. And we write about food history in the book. So it's not just about Delmonico's. It's really about food history. She came in. She wanted this. Women believed that in the 1920s, if they ate a grapefruit, yes. that they could eat whatever they want. I remember <laughs> my mom doing this. So what did yeah. you do with this grapefruit? This is so simple and easy. You take the grapefruit, you slice it in half, you pour some brown sugar on it, broil it, and that's it. Three to four minutes. And you can use it either as a starter or wherever you wish. Even right. just to have as a snack. Uh, I Super love that. easy. Okay. Moving along. Another recipe This from the is book. a Marlena Dietrich favorite. She used to come in. She was doing like Rancho the movie, and she wanted always Cherry's Jubilee. So we're going to make it here. Another old favorite that you don't see on any restaurant right? menu. Yeah. And what's great, you can flambe this at home. 
you know, with flambe is obviously with fire, so you have to just be a little yeah, cautious. You're not allowed to do that here, no. Max. We don't know you that well <laughs> not to yet. bring in the fire right? yet. So cherries, we take a pound of cherries, make sure they're room temperature. This is super hot. That's how I like it. Okay. So we throw those in. I mean, just for that alone, Ooh. right? Then yeah. we're going to add the sugar, a cup of sugar, pour that in. We have some lemon, just squeeze it in. And then also we have, um, and I don't have them here because they're hard to find right now, right. which are the um, vanilla seeds. And then we basically just stir this up until the sugar dissolves. And if we were going to do the flambe, that's when we would throw in, the you know, little, the little, little the brandy or whatever and yeah. light on fire. We could even put the hot ones on the ice cream. Oh, we can? Let's do, do those. That? Yeah, okay. melt let's it a little that. bit. So this is great. Yeah, let's serve it up. Okay, so, so the you cherries, put it over ice cream. I put it over everything. You could put it over cherry pie. You could put it over vanilla ice cream. Oh. Look how pretty this is. And the juice, too. Look how pretty. Right? So we just throw those cherries on. And Marlena Dietrich, this is what she ordered. She loved it. So that was her favorite. Fun, Max. Okay. <laughs> now what do we have? So the Negroni. The favorite Negroni from everyone. My father was in Florence, Italy at Harry's Bar. We have our villa there. And he said, I have to bring this back to America. He brought it to Delmonico's. We had the largest wine collection in the world with over 100,000 bottles of wine mm. between our house in Greenwich, Connecticut and the restaurant in New York. Negroni. So basically, Campari, you know, and you just do the vermouth and oh, you add we, everything. We love gin, Negronis right? in our house. Yeah. So what's fun about this, this is a non-alcoholic version. Yes. The book calls for alcoholic version. But my father used to always top it with champagne. Oh. So that was the Tucci touch, which we call it. So we can Tucci touch it here, the Delmonico way. Put some beautiful rosé, vintage rosé. And then we can cheers each other. Amazing. Good day, New York. All right, right? cheers. And salute. of course, the salute, indeed. And then, of course, the famous baked Alaska originated Delmonico's with not only baked Alaska, but we have the Delmonico steak, lobster Newburgh, eggs right. Benedict. The history is all in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> Delicious recipe. So Delmonico right now is closed because, obviously, the pandemic yeah. did. It's, it's, you know... It hit, it hit hard. It hit hard. So now what's happening with the restaurant? So what's happening, breaking news here for Rosanna Scotto on okay. Good Day New York. Delmonico's will be reopening this fall. You'll be there. And, I'll um, be there. We'll be able to have these Negronis in the original building that housed Delmonico's. So there's a new owner-operator that's coming in. We're excited. They're going to bring the, the Tucci Touch, the Delmonico way in, uh, and you'll be there. there. And we, we invite all there. there. My, My grandfather, grandfather said... All are welcome at my table. So I extend that to everyone. You're all welcome to the table. Max Tucci, thank you for bringing Cheers. family history here Cheers. with us on Good Day. Salute. Salute. <laughs> all right, uh, check out his book, The Delmonico Way. Check out his book, The Delmonica Way. Thank you, Rosanna Scotto, for an amazing time on Good Day New York. It was really one of my favorite episodes that I've done on this book tour. Speaking of The Delmonica Way book tour, before we get into the show, I have to let you know that this week I'm doing two events, one in Greenwich, Connecticut on the 21st at Orienta Restaurant. And it will be with a dear friend of mine, Christine Mulher. You know her from Oprah Magazine. You know her from all of her wonderful talks. She's a motivational speaker. You love her. She'll be my moderator for the 21st at Greenwich, Connecticut at noon. You can still right now make some reservations. There are a few seats left. We're almost sold out. But if you go to my Instagram at Max Tucci, you could find it there. And then I'm so excited to have this. This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful event on Thursday, February 23rd at 12.30 p.m. in Wilton, Connecticut. We are doing Baldanza at the Schoolhouse Lunch with Delmonico's and Angela. Stories of New York, family, and tradition. Angela, you've seen on Food Network. Angela Baldanza. And we're going to be doing um, a couple of things, uh, a food presentation, an author talk, book signing, etc. So do, do, do tune in uh, to my Instagram at Max Tucci so you can make your reservation, come and hang out with me, come and talk to me, get a copy of the book, get a couple of copies of the book and gift them to your friends because really it's in that energy of family, tradition, ancestors, food history. You know, I, I made, I, I was, it was brought to my attention, let's put it, um, that it's 11-11 right now on the East Coast, so make your wish. Um, I just have to take that moment just to thank all that is that surrounds me, all of my ancestors, the energy of grace and divinity. I just love it. 11-11, thank you so much. Um, but it was brought to my attention that in my um, Rosanna Scotto uh, segment, I was talking about Marilyn Monroe. I was talking about the grapefruit diet. 
in fact, the grapefruit diet was in the 1920s. Marilyn Monroe was born in the 1920s. It wasn't until later on that Marilyn Monroe came into Delmonico's to enjoy what was known as the grapefruit diet. And then again, the grapefruit diet had another resurgence. You'll have to read the book to get the full explanation. So if I confused anyone, my apologies. We were live and it wasn't about confusion. I was trying to get in on as many facts as I could um, in there. So food history, the Delmonico Way, it's all in there. Speaking of the Delmonico Way, March 2nd, I will be in New Canaan, Connecticut at Elm Street Books. And again, go to Max Tucci on Instagram and get more information there. I'll be in a conversation with Casey Kaplan from Bedford New Canaan Magazine and our dear friend Fritz Knipschiltz, who makes the most delicious truffles, chocolate truffles. Uh, we'll have his truffles there. The recipe's in the book. So again, the Demonico way and the breaking news. It leads me to the breaking news. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Delmonico's is it reopening? Is it not? What's the real story? What's happening? And we've had, uh, you remember when Oprah said it took a lot of prayer and meditation to uh, for her to be able to deliver the news? So it did. For me, it took a lot of prayer and meditation to um, figure out how I was going to deliver the news that, in fact, as you just heard on Rosanna Scotto, that Delmonico's will be reopening. And so we're super excited about it. My mother, my sister and I, and my family just in general, um, are excited to see the phoenix rising from the ashes that we call my grandfather's Delmonico's. Um, and I found it fitting that Rosanna Scotta would be the right place to, uh, to do it. Good day, New York. Um, it was the right place and the right time and the right season. And I just felt that Rosanna was someone who I trust, who I know. And when she asked me the question, it was breaking news for her as well. So you heard it there first. Now you've heard it here. You've seen it on my Instagram. Why is it such a big deal? Because it is such an institution. It is really the restaurant, the first fine dining restaurant in America. And the history that's, that, that, that happened, that took place in Delmonico's, from Mark Twain to Abraham Lincoln to Nikola Tesla, the Gilded Age was phenomenal. This April is the 155th anniversary that women were allowed to dine unaccompanied by men. It took place at Delmonico's on April 20th, 1868. I share the story in the book. And then you have to realize prohibition came in. It shut the restaurant down. And by 1925, that restaurant at 56 Beaver Street was slated to be knocked down. And my grandfather, Tuscan immigrant, as you heard, came in and resurrected America's fine dining restaurant. And not only did he resurrect it, he adored it. He loved it. The intentions that he had, as I said on that clip, all are welcome to the table. That was his mantra. That was his lesson. That's what he wanted people to feel. I see you. I hear you. And you matter. And to me, that is the definition of hospitality. So tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about here. You all know her not only as my friend, but you know her as a James Beard Award winner, a Gracie Award winner. You know her as an editor at large for Food and Beverage Magazine. You know her from her numerous culinary broadcasting platforms, from her talks on Clubhouse to Instagram to radio to television to really a global audience on what does it mean to be hospitable? What does it mean to be in this industry that we call the hospitality industry of food, wine, and service? And she understands what it means to be at service because Jennifer English is constantly at service to all. And tonight, she's not only at the table, but she's at service for you to join us to our table tonight with our guests. And I'll let Jennifer introduce her in just a moment, Margaret McSweeney. So welcome to the table, not only all of our listeners tonight, but also to you. Jennifer English. Welcome. Well, thank you, my darling Max. Congratulations on your breaking news, on all the success of the Delmonico Way, and welcome to Sunday Supper. Thank you for setting this beautiful table for us to host literally. <laughs> I love that I get to see you. Hi, love. <laughs> uh, thank you for hosting this table. Thank you for setting this table for us. And thank you for making room in your Max and Friends world for every Sunday to come together for our Sunday suppers. Now, 
you gave us a really brief overview of not only where you've been for the last couple of weeks, but where you're going for the next couple. But there was a little something that I wanted to make sure we re-mentioned, if you haven't already found this. But uh, there is a brilliant article in the current issue of <laughs> Italian American Magazine with the handsome Chaz Palminteri on the cover. And it features an extraordinary look at the Delmonico Way, the book, and how important in the history of cuisine culture in the United States, the role of Italian Americans in not only the history of the culinary and hospitality industry of the United States, but the present as well as the future. Because when you begin to draw the lines between your immigrant grandfather from Florence from Tuscany, who came to the United States, who revived the extraordinary tradition of Delmonico's, he welcomed others who became the cornerstones of a foundation of modern cuisine and culture and hospitality. We could name dozens of names, but let's just start with the Hall of Famers. (laughs) Sirio Maccioni, who later goes on to open his own restaurant, inspired by and, frankly, empowered by the success he enjoyed at Delmonico's. Mm. With the encouragement of Oscar Tucci, he creates a little restaurant called Le Cirque. Le Cirque goes on to become one of the most instrumental restaurant operations in North America. From there, he goes to Las Vegas, where, along with Elizabeth Blau and Steve Wynn and Chip Gordon, They practically single-handedly turn Las Vegas from a buffet town to a gourmet town. Uh One of the many people who, as he paid it forward, Sirio Maccioni took the legend and legacy of Oscar Tucci and bestowed it upon, oh, a guy named Daniel Ballou, right? (laughs) I mean, if we look at the legacy, Uh where we are today where everything is today and where it goes tomorrow in the tradition, the legacy, the incredible hospitality, all of it has a direct bloodline lineage in grace, generosity, and hospitality, intention, welcoming, excellence, connoisseurship, cherries, jubilee. (laughs) Everyone is welcome at my table. Oysters, a baked Alaska. I, you know, the Tucci touch, all of it, it's how we are united. And as we celebrate this dawn of AI having an increasing impact on everything we do, human touch, the Tucci touch, is more important than ever. And how it impacts the entire hospitality industry is going to be powerful. And we can see how it all comes back to that extraordinary example and legacy of Oscar Tucci. Uh It makes perfect sense that now in this time, Delmonico's will reopen with that legacy in mind, Uh that this is that moment. And on our Sunday suppers, where we've begun to conjure, express, and practice that spirit of all are welcome at my table, And with something as simple as a beautiful and brilliant bowl of pasta, (laughs) we can welcome everybody. We can nourish your body, your mind, and your soul, and your spirit. And we can share it together and be united. Mm. These are the things that, to me, are the great legacy of the Delmonico way. Mm. And, And I don't know if anybody else is as excited as I am for the reopening of the new Delmonico's. But can anybody else imagine how essential it's going to be to have a place that will give us that human touch where we know it has had such rich history and where in the future we really are going to need it more than ever. 
Mm. And so with that and that Sunday supper, <laughs> and you know, uh, Jennifer, welcome to Sunday supper. What's on the menu, Max? Well, just to pick up on the Siramaccioni, remember it also from Vegas, it went to India. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the Tucci touch in the Dominica way is felt also in India through Siramaccioni. And that's why in the book, you know, a lot of people ask me, why do you have curry dishes in the book? And so they'll have to find out. But we also have to give homage to Tony May from Palio to the Rainbow Room to San Domenico to SD26 to Osteria Tony May to Chef Odette Fada and his daughter Marissa May, who is also opening up another restaurant in New York. So just imagine that these culinary geniuses. And, is, and by the way, this is just two of the dozens <laughs> of impactors that went through thanks to Oscar Tucci. Right. Just... But now, you know, we're talking about the future of food and hospitality. Right. So it could make literally make me weep to know that Marissa and I are going to be on this journey together mm-hmm. this year doing what our family love to do creating a space where we welcome you to our tables. How, I mean, it's just such a beautiful synchronicity that Marissa's opening, that I'm going to be involved with Delmonico's, that all of this is happening now. And so for ancestors and for those of you who don't have them with you anymore, cherish them. I promise you, my journey has only been that much richer because I don't say I acknowledge them. I don't say I remember them. I talk to them. You are them. them. I am them. And so um, give me a moment to clear my my. Can I I chime in here? Because I love our Sunday suppers. Thank you. And I love the idea of setting a beautiful groaning Mm. table filled with comforting foods. And we're going to have more of this. And we'll talk about what we're having tonight and how this is going to be a tradition all year long for us. But I think there's something else really important to mention. There is what I can only describe as a crisis in the hospitality industry post-COVID. And I'm calling it informal, well, I'm calling it the guest crisis. And the guest crisis is essentially this idea that restaurants are becoming an endangered species, in part because if 60% of the food that we get by the end of the decade is going to come delivered to our house, then there won't be a place for us to go. If I don't know how to be a guest, how how can I know how to be a host? Mm -hmm. So if I'm a restaurateur and I have no guests, I just have customers or I have, am I really still a restaurateur or am I a cook? What am I? And it's more important than ever for people to understand that it's up to people like you and the legacy of Oscar Tucci. Oscar Tucci reminded us how to be a great guest. My question to you and our guest tonight, Margaret McSweeney, who is one of the legendary hosts in broadcasting. She's also an extraordinary guest that you and I have each had on our shows. How is it that if someone doesn't have a guest, how can they be a host? Mm. How can we remind people what it is to be a guest? It's not just the transaction. It's to be something more. What does it mean to be a guest? What did Oscar Tucci? I mean, you and I could have a thousand conversations with a thousand different culinarians and restaurateurs and and customers and everybody. What does it mean to be a guest? And what will it mean to be a guest in the future food and hospitality? And what will it mean to be a guest at the new Delmonico's? What will it mean to be a modern guest? And who better than Max Tucci to lead us in that discussion, exploration, and and I, I almost want to call it a mission. I think we part of our legacy is to remind people what it means to be a guest. Hmm. I agree, you know, and it and it goes one step further, as you say, from being just a watering hole to a welcoming environment, right? right. We're welcoming someone to the table is just as important as arriving to the table. You know, when I did the Tamron Hall show in December, Tamron said, oh, I love that era of glamour. And I stopped her. I said, you are that glamour. And if you want that glamour to be present, you have to bring it. Right. And so what are we bringing to the table as guests? Margaret McSweeney is a wonderful, wonderful uh, human spirit soul to welcome to our Sunday suppers because she understands when she comes to someone's table and she arrives, what she brings is such a beautiful um, 
so many beautiful facets that she that she brings to the table. But before we bring her on, Jennifer, what is it for you that when you go to someone's table, you bring? Well, first of all, like all good guests, I remember that I'm a guest. Mm-hmm. And I never go empty-handed, no matter where I go. Two things I want to give you credit for. I am presently involved in a project called choiceandco.com. And it's a curated marketplace of irresistible adult beverages without alcohol. You were so generous in sharing our Negroni recipe when you were on Tamron Hall and, and, and again with Roseanne Scotto. And why is that important? Because if you say, state with the intention that all are welcome at my table, your duty as a host is to have something that you can give as a welcome. As I have to have something for everyone that comes to my table if I invite everyone to my table. And there are always going to be people who don't drink alcohol. So if you welcome everyone to the table and you give... of the people a glass of champagne and everybody else gets club soda. It's kind of like a throwaway thing. It doesn't (laughs) feel the same as the welcoming that it had an intention. And and, and you thought about how to welcome me and you thought about what you were going to serve me. That's the basis that formed this idea of choice and company because it, it literally was born of your conversations with me everyone is welcome at my table. And I thought, how can I, how can I, how can anyone welcome everyone to my table if I don't have something for everyone? And so literally when you go on the website to choiceandco.com, and by the way, thanks to Max, I have $25 for every single person listening to this. Go order anything you want. Put in the code Tamron, like Tamron Hall, Tamron 25 and we'll give you 25 bucks worth of whatever you want. I love it. Well, you know what I love too about this, Jennifer, is that it elevates the Shirley Temple, <laughs> right? It brings you from, it really welcomes you from the kiddie table to the adult table without having to explain yourself. You know, I listen, I'm not a big drinker. And especially I drive, you know, I'm in the country, I drive. I don't want to be at someone's house on these back roads and the deer are jumping out. So it really, I don't, and to explain to someone, they're like, oh, you don't drink? Well, have you been to rehab? No, I haven't. I just don't want to drink and drive. You know, it's that simple. But it like, it relieves one from explaining themselves to be able to say, I would love to have that cocktail, mocktail. And so um, I thank you for having the brilliance to, to, to put it together, you know, and not only to put it together, but put together flavors that literally, whether I'm on Tamron Hall, whether I'm on Rosanna Scotto, wherever I am, and people drink this beautiful mixture, this this concoction of, of, of divinity, and they're like, wait, there's no alcohol in this? And I'm like, I'm telling you, it's that amazing. But, cool, you know, but can I just say one thing before we please. introduce Margaret? I would like to discuss... And maybe the name isn't the Delmonico Nagroni, but but I want to pay an homage to the inspiration of the fact that this entire enterprise, this recipe and the recipes to come are all an homage to the inspiration of Max Tucci and the legacy of Oscar Tucci. So whether we call it Oscar's Negroni or something, that it can become a real standard bearer of hospitality because Everyone that walks through the door at the new Delmonico's can have something, even if they're choosing because they're pregnant or whatever. The reason is that they're not having a sip. So with that, the idea of welcoming all to your table is also a way that you can invite some of the most extraordinary people in the world to join you in the most time-honored way. The most sacred place we share for most of us is welcome you into our homes and to our tables. And it is so important. Please help me understand why we can do this incredible job of of being on shows. Margaret McSweeney is founder, co-host, and executive producer of the award-winning Kitchen Chat program. It's an original multimedia production delivered across many, many digital platforms, including iTunes and iHeartRadio and SoundCloud and WebTalk Radio. Kitchen Chat. Max, are you hanging on? 
Kitchen Chat has not only won two Taste Awards, but was inducted into the Taste Awards Hall of Fame in 2020. This March at this year's Taste Awards, not only I'm going to let Margaret have her own breaking news, but she's also going to be one of the presenters. She's interviewed over 250 of the world's top chefs and culinary leaders through her journeys on Kitchen Chat. And it was really all begun as a way to honor her late father, uh-huh. who was a gourmet and who loved the universal language of the kitchen and food. Margaret's life motto is savor the day. And in many of the programs where she's been featured on recipe TV, including her Paris Bistro cooking, she's been inspired to weave that idea back in. And literally tomorrow on Monday, February 20th, 2023, Margaret is launching Let's Savor the Day, a new series of to encourage both hope and to inspire joy as part of Kitchen Chat. Margaret is extraordinary because she was recently named to the board of directors for the International Association of Culinary Professionals, and she was awarded the member of the year for IACP in 2016. She's a member of both the prestigious International Les Dômes d'Escoffier, as well as Women Chefs and Restaurateurs. And just last year, Kitchen Chat and Margaret McSweeney were on the red carpet for the James Beard Awards for Food and Beverage Magazine. She's Chicago's former ambassador for Women's Entrepreneurship Day, and she's our friend. Margaret McSweeney, welcome to Sunday Supper. Oh, thank you so much. A big hug from my heart to both of you. Jennifer, thank you for introducing me to Max. Max and I would never have met had it not been for you, Jennifer. So thank you for expanding the friendship that just means so much. And it's such an honor to be here with both of you. So thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here, Dr. To Margaret McSweeney, <laughs> but also, you know, Jennifer, what I love about Margaret and just before we get into our, our welcome you further to the table, your heart, Margaret, of generosity, yeah. of giving back, of being involved in the community, of being involved in so many charitable organizations is so epic that you pave such a road of inspiration for so many that yes, we have a million titles. Yes, we do a million things, but to take that moment to give back and all the times that you do, I give you standing ovations. I give you your flowers now because it's an inspiration to those who are watching and listening and tuning in that even though we have so many things happening in our lives, when we take the moments to give back, are some of the most precious. So thank you for taking moments to give back as well. Well, that's leadership by example, Max. I mean, Margaret is a living, breathing, loving example of leadership by example. Yeah. So Margaret, as we're talking about all are welcome to the table and being a guest tonight at our Sunday supper with Jennifer English and Margaret McSweeney, what would you bring to the table tonight or to any table when you're invited to someone's home? Oh, well, having grown up in the South, I learned at a young age, you always come with something mm-hmm. and make it unique and special. I mean, the bottle of wine or a bottle of your wonderful new products, Jennifer, congratulations on that business is is great. But also think about the person, the host. Do they have a special interest? Is there, you know, did they collect something that is really special? So I'd be curious, do, do both of you have special collections? So I'm about <laughs> to get you next time. <laughs> I'm the little we're, mermaid. We're, we should tell the audience, right? We should say that you we're all on a format right now where we get to see each other while we're having the conversation in our virtual studio. And we have these really... Um, I can only maximalist is the word that I'm going to use to describe both of your background right now and mine uh, collections, you know, fully on display. But what's really interesting about that idea, because Max, I know you are really generous, you know, prolific host. What's the coolest thing or most memorable thing that anybody's ever brought you as a host gift? You know what? I carry it here on my table, on my desk at the office. 
And um, to answer your question first, Margaret, I love knife rests. Oh. I have a huge collection of knife rests. And um, Whoopi Goldberg is a big knife rest fan as well. And so we write about it. She has a wonderful book called The Unqualified Hostess. Um, and we write about knife rests. But in this jar right here that the both of you can see, for a narrative descriptive, like I'm a, holding up a glass jar. jar that I keep inside of a little leather sheath from Florence, Italy. And inside of this jar, a dear friend of mine named Travis Shoemake, who's the first openly gay drag race car driver, so happens to live in the Delmonico's building. And on top of all of this, he brought me a gift to the farm once. And in this jar is a piece of the cornerstone of the building that he oh. found and that he jarred and that he brought to me. And, you know, I receive a million gifts all the time from so many wonderful friends. This one I keep, I bring on the book tour with me. And it is literally, I'll open it and show you all, but it is a piece of stone of the brownstone of the Delmonico building. Wow. So this is like, you know, I feel my ancestors' energy in this. It's 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 greater than any crystal I own or or amethyst or tiger's eye or malachite. It's right here. So that would be um one of my most treasured uh gifts that someone brought for uh for their host. And Jennifer, you well, as you can see from the background, um, I have a collection of pepper grinders because <laughs> for many years I uh, owned and operated a company called Flavor Bank that was known as the Cartier of Peppercorns. We were originally founded in 1969 and was one of the first companies. Now, I didn't start the company. I acquired it after it had gone into bankruptcy uh, through the change of generational hands. But Peugeot Pepper Mills used to use our peppers and our peppercorns. And we did all the official refills so you could go to Williams Sonoma. And I began to fall in love again. But from the time I was very young, I have always been called Mrs. Spices. And so I have always, always, always been a student of and a practitioner of and a teacher of philosophy of flavor through the use of spices. And I do flavor school, and it all comes back to this. Season to taste. The future of food and hospitality, no matter where it takes place, whether it's at Delmonico's, in the American South, at your table, or on your iPad. The idea is a simple one, that the future because of how much technology we have and because of how much connoisseurship and self-awareness we're all developing, that the future of food and hospitality is going to be all about customization. But this is not a new idea. This idea of bespoke, because think about it. Every recipe in the world says season to taste. That means a little salt and pepper to adjust whatever the flavor is so that it gives you the most pleasure and satisfaction when you put that bite in your mouth. Mm. So when you're cooking, season to taste. When you're dining, season to taste. When you're sharing a Sunday supper like we are right now, there will be Maldon salt. There will be brilliant I like Sarawak black peppercorns in grinders to be made freshly bright on the dishes to accentuate their flavor. Mm -hmm. But again, it's about making it taste the way you want it to taste so that you have the most pleasure and satisfaction with every bite or sip. And to me, that's it. That is it. And if you're tuning in, you're listening to Max and Friends here. I have to get back into reminding people because we are having a Sunday supper and we want you to feel welcome at our table. So you're listening to Max and Friends here on all podcasting platforms and right here on LA Talk Radio. This May will be 15 years that I'm on Max and Friends. My guests tonight are Jennifer English and Margaret McSweeney. Margaret McSweeney, you have some amazing news to tell us. You have been busy and why is it that I called you Dr. Margaret McSweeney? <laughs> why is it that you called me Dr. Margaret McSweeney? <laughs> 
I don't know, but tell us about what you're up to. <laughs> oh, of course. It's so exciting. And it, just as you shared your exciting news on Good Day New York, I am so excited to share the exciting news here on your show. So thank you. I am launching tomorrow a series under Kitchen Chat called Let's Savor the Day. I really want Kitchen Chat to be a place of encouragement that serves hope and joy and helps others find and live their joy. So it'll be um, featuring different things I've learned, not only from guests, but also from my dad, my late father, and um, just beautiful sayings and, and uh, servings of joy. In honor of your father, for my guests tonight who are tuning in, what is something that he taught you that you wish to teach those that are joining us at our table tonight? Oh, he was such an encourager. He, and that is his greatest legacy, I feel, is he encouraged others. After he died, I received so many different notes saying from people I didn't know, saying, your father encouraged me. And he would always say, and I know this is a peek into tomorrow's <laughs> uh, launch, but he always said, make faith an action verb. And I just loved that, you know, faith in yourself, faith in that you can do this. Don't, don't have that fear. So I would, I, one of my favorite things was that make faith That's an action beautiful. verb. <laughs> I love that. And Jennifer, you know, I don't know if I've brushed up also that, you know, I'm working now on the cocktail book, um, the Demonic Way cocktail book. But um, one chapter that I'm working on is toasts. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to start gathering toasts from all over the world. Was there a specific toast, Jennifer? I throw this to you and then Margaret to you. Jennifer, is there a toast that you love to say at the table? You know, there actually, there is, there actually is. But, you know, when you say that, what immediately comes to mind uh, <laughs> My grandparents were really prolific hosts and entertainers from that time when you had people to your home. And I hope that we get back to that in some way, shape, or form. But my grandmother, she was great. She was auburn-haired, and she was a beauty. She looked like the kind of woman who would feel right at home walking into Delmonico's. And there was a movie called Sweet Charity with Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> And in the movie, she's uh, at Ricardo Montalban's home. And, and I'm going to probably fudge this line a little bit. Uh, and it's not my favorite toast, but it's the one that really just burst out of my heart right now as we, as we bring all our family together. Um, and, and it's kind of a, a naughty little toast. <laughs> um, you take two glasses of champagne each in, 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 in your hand, and when you clink them together, Shirley MacLaine said to Ricardo Montalban, up yours. And, he's, <laughs> and, and, and my grandmother's line was, uh, and double it. Um, but, but I love the idea that you're going to be honoring and celebrating the rituals and traditions of conviviality and hospitality with this book, with the toast. But can I ask you guys a question? Because... Uh, you each lost your dads very young mm -hmm. and they've had such a profound impact on your life. How is coming together at table, a place where we are all still together and whole. Do you bring your dads to the table with you when you come to table with the Sunday supper just screams of family to me and, and, welcoming all to our table. And I, and I can't help but recognize that one powerful similarity that you share. How, how do you do this for so many of us that have lost? What's the inspiration there? Well, for me, Jennifer, that's why I host Kitchen Chat. It was a tangible way to get through the grief and my biggest regret in life was not going into the kitchen and cooking with him. I just did not have that joy of cooking. Um, and I began this quest by starting a podcast to understand what his joy in the kitchen was all about. So I, I feel his presence in a different way and really understanding what his joy was all about. 
And at the end of the day, it was about gathering together, just expanding the, the table, welcoming everyone to the table, as, as Max says, and, and savoring the day. Mm. Savoring the day. You know, for me, Jennifer and Margaret, I was eight years old, and this will be um, 1987 is when my father passed in February, mm -hmm. um, my birthday. And um, for me, it was not his absence right away that I couldn't understand because we were always together. And so I just thought that my father had gone to Italy. And so when I'm at, at dinners or parties or at a table and we start speaking about family and people say, Oh, well, I did this with my father or that, you know, and they're like, Oh, so, and they don't know if my father had passed or not. And I always like to say my father's on a trip to Italy, <laughs> you know, and that's what I do. I imagine I daydream. Gordana Bernard, who's a dear friend of mine, what we love to talk about is our daydreams. And my daydream is, is that my father is at a table in Florence, Italy right now with perhaps Catherine de' Medici, <laughs> you know, or something really fantastical in this daydream. And that daydream, I realize, is something that keeps me not only just so happy to know that his energy is everywhere, because I'm a big believer that for the soul, there's neither birth nor death. It's eternal and everlasting. And so if that energy is everlasting, it's omnipresent, it's always with me. So, yes, his physical form isn't here. But in my imagination, in my daydream, my father is having dinner in Florence, Italy right now. Oh, and I hope our fathers are having dinner together. <laughs> they, <laughs> they will, sure right? So I, we will link our daydreams up and they will be present together. Yes. <laughs> this Wednesday, <laughs> our fathers will have dinner together. We'll put yes. it in their calendars. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and just to toast, you know, the, the illusion of time is before us. And we have to remember that because we're going to have to wrap up real quick. But, Margaret, what's a toast that you like to bring to the table? my tagline and life and that's savor the day savor the day you know there's the toast that we all know that says um to all of those that wish us well and to all the rest may they go to hell that's one version of it <laughs> so i like my 2.0 version which is uh, i raise a glass and i say to all of those that wish us well and to all that don't may they be blessed and I think when we raise that vibration, that frequency of including everyone in the blessing, it becomes part of the, the collective journey of really of joy and of grace. And that's what I want to bring to the table, that joy and that grace. And I see Jennifer English is raising her glass because she gets time on these shows and the illusion of it. And when we have to wrap it up. So, so I'm going to I'm going to share this because I think it's a great way. A toast is a great way to end the show. Yes. The legendary Julia Child clinked her glass to mine when we were together one day, and she said, Le carillon de l'amitié. Mm. And it does exactly what you intend it to do, Max, which is to include everybody, mm -hmm. which translates to, as we clink our glasses, to the bells of friendship. And may we hear the bells of friendship ring when we clink our glasses together. And may we take that sentiment and clink glasses with friends wherever we go, with friends both old and new, and hear the bells of friendship. And in so doing, we keep the conviviality that Julia and Oscar and Mario and all of us love so very much. And may these Sunday suppers be an expression of that very conviviality and hospitality that we hear these bells of friendship ring. I love that. Margaret, what was your father's name? Claude. And Claude. he was a doctor. He was um, doctorate of education. I was six. feeling doctor. I don't know <laughs> yes. why I called you that, but I felt this energy of doctor around you. So yes. your father is around you, as you know. But before we wrap the show up with that beautiful toast from Jennifer English, yes. where can we tune in tomorrow, Margaret McSweeney? Oh, well, I'm going to post on Instagram. So each Monday, there'll be a reel um, just sharing the joy of the day for Let's Savor the Day. And how do we find you on Instagram? Oh, Kitchen Chat. Just at, at Kitchen, chat. kitchen Chat. 
I love that. And you can go to my Instagram right now on Max Tucci. And there you can find Jennifer English. You can find Margaret McSweeney. And you can find me. And you can continue to join us for our Sunday suppers when we have them. I appreciate you both for joining us tonight. Jennifer, when you were doing that toast, I felt the song from Les Mis. Do you hear the people sing? They are the voice of every man. So I want you to have a song in your soul this week. Um, bring that to the table. And bring that. bring a song to the table. You know, no matter how you sing, if you have a wonderful voice or if the Bible says make a joyful noise, whatever it is, bring your song to the table and sing. It really raises the frequency. So, Jennifer English, thank you so much. Where can we find you? So I'm really grateful to be here on Sunday Suppers. And we didn't even get to what we cooked tonight to share with our guests. We had some good old fashioned, delicious bolognese pasta on my menu for you. Um Please visit us at choiceandco.com and remember that the code Tamron, T-A-M-R-O-N 25, will get you $25. Please enjoy something and please know how very grateful I am to let you all know that you're welcome at my table. I am and will always remain Max, Margaret, friends at your service. Thank you. And Margaret, what do you want people to take with them into this week? Just to really take a moment and savor the day. Um, and I'll give you a sneak peek. It's about not cooking with fear. One of my co-hosts, Chef Jamie Larita, who I know you'll meet one day uh, on Kitchen Chat, he taught me cook with love and cook without fear. Fear is the ingredient you don't want to taste. And so that's mm-hmm. what I talk about tomorrow um, is just just being fearless. I love being that. fearless. You know, fear is false evidence appearing real, right? Fear, false evidence appearing real. You know, whether you read the Bible or not, or whether you study any kind of religions, the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. So remember, the spirit of fear is not something that you have. Yes, we have fear because we get, with fear, we understand what it is to be in grace. So look at the opposite side of things this week, I'm going to say to you all. For whatever the negative is, there's a part of it, positive. It's the yin and the yang to life, you know, the duality of life. And I promise you that there's a silver lining to every negative that's in your life. You just have to look at it at a different perspective. On that note, I have to wrap this up because, Sam, thank you so much for giving us these extra minutes to say what we had to say here on Max and Friends, Jennifer English, Margaret McSweeney, to our fathers, to our ancestors, to all that are tuning in. I say good night and good karma and remember to take life to the max. I'm your host, Max Tucci, for Max and Friends. Good night.